an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. You know my entire philosophy here is to help make healthy living simple. So if I find something that I love, you can bet I am going to share it with you because if it's made my life easier, I know it's going to make your life easier too. So I want to introduce to you one of my favorite companies. If you're in my private Facebook group, Ketone Your Health, you know all about this company because I've been raving about them for years. And if you're not over there, find us. It's Ketone as in own your health. So K-E-T-O-W-N, your health. You can search that out. We'd love to have you there. But my favorite company that has transformed my healthy living life so much easier is Paleo Valley. So my sister introduced me to this company years ago because my niece loved their products. They have grass-fed beef sticks and they have turkey sticks that are pasture-raised. So you're not going to have all the additional hormones. It's a clean protein. How amazing is that? And they're easy to travel with if you need a snack for the kids in the car whether I'm in the office and I need a snack, or if I am doing a really strict little carnivore stint, these are amazing. They're my favorite products there. They've got some really great protein bars as well. They have some really great supplements, including organ meat capsules, because I think so many people understand the benefits of eating organ meats. However, how many people love to cook them, process them, or whatever, right? So it's a lot easier sometimes just to take the capsules. So you can find out more about Paleo Valley over on my website, drlisao.com forward slash PV. So that's D-R-L-I-S-A-O dot com forward slash PV as in Paleo Valley. And if you use the code that's on that website, you can save 15% as well. Welcome back to the show. You're going to love my guest today, Dr. Stephanie Gray. She's a functional medicine provider in Iowa, and she helps both men and women build sustainable and optimal health and longevity so that way they can focus on what matters most. We are deep diving into hormones today, estrogen and progesterone and testosterone. So this isn't an episode just for the women. This is an episode for both men and women because we need a nice balance of all of those hormones in our body. This was a really great interview. We both have spent a lot of time in Iowa, myself for grad school, and Dr. Stephanie lives there in Iowa. So we even spoke about a little bit of the stuff that we see in the toxicity of our world. And you'll see exactly what we're talking about with that. So check it out. I think you're going to love it. We're going to talk about even estrogen and some of the fallacies out there, right? Because we've all heard that estrogen causes cancer too. So we'll deep dive into that. You can find her on social media. You can find her at thelongevityblueprint.com. You can find all sorts of great information. So take a listen. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while, trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant, best version of you. Are you ready? Let's do this. It is so great to have you here. So everybody, we are going to talk a lot about hormones today. We're going to talk about longevity, which I think is something everybody wants to know about, right? Like, is there anybody that says, no, I don't really want to live a long, healthy life? (laughs) 
Hopefully not. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So Dr. Stephanie is a uh, nurse practitioner who is a doctorate, worked within estrogen. So that's exactly, uh, we're going to talk a lot about that. We're going to talk about even, I'm assuming a little bit with men and women in estrogen. Yeah. Let's really yeah. just dive in. So how did you end up going from the conventional route of like traditional medicine and going more into this functional medicine path? Yeah. So I was born before we started recording, we were talking about how I'm from the Midwest, born in the Midwest, raised in what I consider to be a very healthy family, always went to the chiropractor, had clean home cooked meals, always took our vitamin. (laughs) Our parents had us always outside playing, you know, getting dirty in the dirt, (laughs) building our microbiome. And so I always knew that health was going to be important to me. I almost went to chiropractic school. I almost, awesome. almost did, but <laughs> you're right there in the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah with Palmer. Yeah. Palmer. Yeah. But I thought, you know, I do want to be able to prescribe. I just wanted to have that option. Grant and I now try to get patients off medications, mm. but I wanted to be able to prescribe. Um, should I need to be able to take patients off medication? So I went to nursing school, went straight through to become a nurse practitioner. And uh, luckily we are blessed in the state of Iowa, nurse practitioners can practice independently. So I I knew my intention was I'm probably not going to find a job that I'm going to like, you know, for conventional medicine, I'm not a drug pressure. That's not, (laughs) not where I wanted to land. And so, um, how I landed with functional medicine was kind of through my own personal story, but also through um, some individuals that I knew who uh, connected me with the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. And so I just, just at the same time I was working on my doctorate, I, I went through the, the fellowship through American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine and my mind was blown because <laughs> I just thought, um, I, I know the go off on a lot of tangents here, but um, one thing that I actually specialized in was incontinence. And so Again, I, I realized, gosh, the number one reasons for one of the top reasons for admittance to long-term care facilities was urinary incontinence. And I thought, okay, so basically these individuals are put on medications to control their bladder. There have to be non-surgical, non-pharmacological ways to treat urinary incontinence. Actually, hormones being one of them, estrogen can, can help in that department. But I, I, I ended up thinking if there are non-surgical, non-pharmacological options for incontinence, there have to be those solutions or all other disease states and symptoms. And so doing this fellowship program just kind of opened my mind to the possibility that I can get to the root cause of problems with patients so that they don't need the medication, right? Um, So through the fellowship program, I, again, I just learned so much. I ended up um, in private practice and here we are today. You probably are as well (laughs) in private practice. And I love what I do. I'm able to help patients get to the root cause of their problems, get rid of their symptoms, figure out what what the challenge was in the first place so that and they figuring can out exactly live a longer, healthier life. Yes. <laughs> and that's exactly it because I always like use the analogy with our patients. It's so often we are trained in, especially in the United States, there's pretty much all of the world, but we are trained to take a medication for whatever symptom it is. So we cover it up and we cover it up and we cover it up. And so mm-hmm. I tell people all the time and they hear it all the time on the podcast too, that is literally like the oil light showing up in your car and we're just throwing duct tape over it and we continue mm-hmm. to drive the car. And then we're kicking and screaming when the engine blows out wondering why the car never told us anything was wrong. Mm-hmm. We we're conditioned that we're conditioned to believe that that's the right thing to do. And, yeah. and I know chiropractors think differently, right? That's why yes. I almost went to yes. chiropractic school, but a lot of medically trained professionals get, they have no training on nutrition, Mm-mm. barely None. Any, nothing significant. Yeah. Uh, and so they're, 
the providers and the patients are just conditioned to believe that this is, we're doing the right thing, right? Doctors don't intentionally harm their patients. They just don't know, <laughs> don't right. know that there's more. That's where functional medicine comes in. Yeah. Dig even yeah. further back then in there, who is funding the medical schools, which is why, you know what I mean? This is like mm-hmm. the rabbit holes we can go down. And that's where it was funny. I had a new patient the other day. And again, it was somebody that was elderly. They've been through the gamut of everything and everybody has told them, nope, you're done. Like there's nothing else. There's no hope. Right. And I was like, well, let's look at what controls everything. The brain controls everything. Let's go back to this. Let's check the nerves. Let's do this. Yeah. And then the husband looked at me and said something else. And I was like, well, here's the deal. There's no money in healthy people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the fact of the matter is mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. if you're not on a drug for the rest of your life, how are they like, like, let's get real. And this is what I think I'm so blessed that I, I, you know, went to chiropractic school and did all of that. And I've always questioned like, do was I that person that was questioning first, which is why I questioned the medical model, which is why I chose not. And you know, I said no yeah, to medical yeah. school and went, yeah. was I innately trained that way? Cause again, like you, I mean, I went to the chiropractor as a kid, but I was also in the medical model, you know, but I was the kid that was reading the side effects of her drugs that, you know, <laughs> the osteopath would give me as well. Right. So yeah. anyways, we could go through all sorts of tangents that way. So it's really cool that you are working with people holistically. I absolutely love that because, um, I consider you like in our tribe that way and helping keep, you know, keep people well and getting people off meds and uh, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. All great. so uh, what are some of the things like hormonal imbalance? You know, we had just finished recording, I got like 50 some hours for our women's health summit. Awesome. So incontinence was a big deal that we were talking yeah, about. A yeah. lot. And I think it's something that, um, people autumn or women automatically think it's just if you've had babies. And this is one of the myths that we kind of cleared up. Like it's not mm-hmm. like there are 20 year old women that have never had a child that are still dealing with incontinence. So, mm-hmm. um, what are some of the other issues you talked about estrogen being a big thing with that, but what are some of the other symptoms people might be experiencing with their hormones all out of whack? Because I think a lot of, there's a lot of misconception on our hormones. Sure. You know, hey, we're taking women. birth control. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> The women, I think PMS, right? Yes. Women have PMS and then they go to their doctor and they're prescribed an antidepressant. Well, can antidepressants help? They can, but they may not get at the root cause of the problem if the root cause of the problem is a hormonal imbalance. But personally, back to you're kind of asking how I got into functional medicine, mm-hmm. you know, part of, thankfully, I had some of this knowledge when I was going through my own health crisis, which I talk about in my book, Your Longevity Blueprint, I like your mug there. That's, mm-hmm. that's great. <laughs> it's my nice little... Uh, <laughs> Big old mug. <laughs> but but one of my challenges was infertility. And that was partially because I had endometriosis and low progesterone. Progesterone is the most soothing, calming hormone. It's great for sleep. It's great for anxiety. It's great for PMS, great for heavy bleeding, great to regulate cycles, important for fertility. And so some of us uh, type A personalities, go-getters, entrepreneurs, many times have pushed too hard for too long, right? Because we're in, we're motivated, which is a gift, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're passionate <laughs> about our talents, but sometimes we we push too hard for too long and we're, we end up with low hormones and thus symptoms like what I was mentioning, PMS, whatnot. So progesterone is the first hormone to go that I see in women, even in the twenties and thirties, I start to see progesterone levels dipping. Women feel more anxious, more irritable, more angry, their sleep is compromised, right? So progesterone is extremely important as we age and it helps women get through life better and, and, and be nicer yes. <laughs> to those around them. Yeah. <laughs> And it's so often, like you had just said, I think it's those of us that are healers. We had our own crisis that we had mm-hmm. to figure out how to heal ourselves. You know, doctor means teacher is what I always say. Mm-hmm. And um, 
as, yeah. yeah, as horrible as the situations are, as, as we're going through them, it's always at the end of the tunnel. It's like, holy smokes, that was so amazing, right? Like we can mm-hmm. help so many more people. Mm-hmm. All right. So with progesterone, estrogen, and then let's talk a little bit even about some of the toxicity of how we end up so high in estrogen with what's going on in our world even. Yeah. So estrogen is not the devil. You know, I think some individuals are, are um, scared about estrogen because I think it's going to cause cancer or whatnot. And, and I always like to demystify that estrogen is an important hormone. So maybe I'll talk about the benefits first, and then we'll talk about yes. the, the, the dangers with endocrine disrupting chemicals, whatnot. So, so as you age, you, your estrogen levels also can decline. Estrogen is very important for memory. A lot of women have memory fog. They walk into a room and they can't remember why they walked in the room because their, their estrogen you know, levels are low. Whereas earlier in life, they could walk in the room and multitask and, you know, know they had to talk to so-and-so in the corner and fill the chip bowl. And, you know, they, they could multitask and then women many times lose that ability. And so that can be due to estrogen levels declining. Estrogen is really important for incontinence. We're kind of just talking about that. Estrogen helps tighten the vaginal vault, the urethral sphincter, you know, have a lot of estrogen receptors in that pelvic area. So you need estrogen for bladder control, whatnot, to prevent urinary tract infections. Really important for bone density. And of course, important for hot flushes and night sweats, whatnot. Um, So we need estrogen. However, estrogen gets a bad rap uh, because of the Women's Health Initiative study that was done on a lot of women who were given synthetic estrogen. So they were given Premarin, which mm-hmm. stands for pregnant mare's urine. I'm human. I don't want to take horse urine. That's not natural. What is my body going to think about that, right? And that's the problem with the endocrine disrupting chemicals too, which we'll come back to. But let me go back to the Women's Health Initiative study for a moment. So that study, in that study, women were given again synthetic, so horse urine in, in oral pill form. And those women did end up with increased risk of cancers. And so after that study, Doctors were scared away from using hormones. They thought, okay, estrogen is bad. Estrogen causes cancer. We can't use it. Well, a lot of these women were left without um, symptom relief. They, you know, a lot of women were struggling and the number one drug prescribed the next year was Prozac because <laughs> these women needed, <laughs> these women needed help and, and doctors were scared to use hormones. So hormones are not bad. What was done in that study was the wrong hormone was given in the wrong way. So I did, I try to not replicate that in my patients. I have, I don't give synthetic hormones. I don't give oral estrogen. There are other ways to boost hormones naturally. And there are natural, there are versions of hormones. We call them natural or bioidentical hormones that are plant-based, usually from a yam that can be given, especially to women who have had hysterectomies who really need hormone replacement therapy. So estrogen is not the devil. We need estrogen, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we need the right form, right? We we don't want women to take synthetic estrogen needs to be dosed appropriately. and, And we can get into all that and checking levels if you want to in the future. But that the challenge with our current environment I mentioned I have, I had endometriosis, right? Yeah. So that can be due to an estrogen dominance, having higher estrogen as compared to progesterone levels. So estrogen comes at us several ways. So you and I are in the field of, you know, helping people probably detox their life, yes. <laughs> clean up their personal care products, whatnot. Personal care products, I absolutely believe highly contributed to my endometriosis. So I was the chick who on weekends used my, you know, my um, uh, allowance money to go to Victoria's Secret and buy the lip gloss and the, right. you know, smelly lotions and the things that I thought made me, you know, feminine and they smelled so good and whatnot. Um, the lip gloss is loaded with saccharin and all kinds of know, right? crap, but, but I didn't know, right? I didn't mm-hmm. know at the time. Well, those products have ingredients, chemicals that can bind to our estrogen receptors. So they can actually block 
well, as you say, they bind to our estrogen receptors and then our body still makes some estrogen, right? So we end up with this estrogen burden or estrogen dominance where our estrogen's way higher than it needs to be. And our body doesn't quite know what to do with that. It has to be able to excrete out that excess estrogen. We live in a world back again, I'm in Iowa. So driving to work, if I roll down my windows, I'm exposed to, well, auto exhaust, but also herbicides and pesticides. Those chemicals are floating around in the air. I can't escape those here. Mm -hmm. Those have, um, those contain um, chemicals that also can mimic estrogen in our body. Fragrances are terrible. Anything that smells also is usually going to have some endocrine disrupting properties <laughs> there. Yes. Um, so oh, if you even... think of all the candles we did, we, I mean, yes. I'm, I'm right yes. there with you in yeah. the Davenport mall, we would run into, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> body works and I can't even think of what the North park was that, what it was, um, <laughs> and Victoria's secret, but yeah. And you've gone through it. a lot of detail. I'm still doing the detox. Like it's an yeah. <laughs> ongoing <laughs> process well, and even dairy. So oh, it's yes. not just, you know, obviously some people realize, okay, chemicals are and cleaning products, those are chemicals, those are bad. Well, mm. what about dairy? So when we, um, I, I have a podcast also, and I interviewed Tracy Gappin, who wrote an awesome book, The Male 2.0. And uh, in our interview, we get, we got into a lot of these endocrine disrupting chemicals, and he is totally in agreement with me. And I, I'm bringing him up because this applies to men also. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening, share with your significant other, whatnot, everything we're talking about also applies to men, as, as Dr. Gappin points out um, in that interview. But what we talked about was the danger with dairy. So when you consume dairy, and yes, there are better dairy forms than other, like organic uh, from Ireland or from whatever. <laughs> whatever. I mean, there, there are countries that you can get dairy from that's going to be But the interesting dairy. Ireland one, did you hear that way back when? It was still no? coming from like GMO on oh, feed. Yeah, right? probably. Like even everybody's like going for that butter. And it was like, later on, it was disclosed. It was like, oh, it's good. Kerrygold? <laughs> Is that really? Was it Kerrygold? Oh no. Yeah. And I don't even, I don't eat that either. Yeah, but, I don't either, but, but it was to, just funny because everyone's like, this is the butter to use in your coffee. I'm like, oh dear God, what about just black coffee? <laughs> right, 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 right. Can we just get rid of the dairy? So, so let me explain to your listeners why dairy can be problematic. Yes. So specifically, like if we take a carton of milk, for example, well, one that, that milk carton is lined with plastic. Plastics again, which are even in our personal care products, they're in our shower curtain, they're everywhere. Plastics have endocrine disrupting chemicals. Then the dairy itself, the milk, comes from a cow that's likely been injected with growth hormones that's eating grains that have the herbicides and pesticides that I mentioned, so right, sprayed mm -hmm. on them. Yeah. The grains also sometimes have mold toxins or mycotoxins in them. So by the time you eat that cheese or have that yogurt that comes from that milk, <laughs> right. there is layer upon layer upon layer of endocrine disrupting chemicals, which essentially add to the estrogen burden or estrogen dominance that you were, you're asking about. Yeah. Add that to our more high-paced lifestyles and the low progesterone. And now we have an either even greater deficit, way too high estrogen, way too low progesterone, which can just set us up for heavy bleeding and fibroids and cysts. And then eventually if our liver can't clear up the, that estrogen, estrogen related cancers. Mm -hmm. So estrogen doesn't cause cancer, but you certainly don't want to be exposed to layers and layers of the synthetic estrogens, especially if your liver can't clear those out, because then you, you can be set up for a yeah. disaster, but providers like, I'm sure you do the same test as I, that I do providers like um, us who offer functional medicine can actually run a urine hormone test. We yes. can look to see how our patients are eliminating or metabolizing or detoxifying from the estrogen. And if those findings are unfavorable, we can intervene using nutrition. There are exactly. supplements that can help the liver better detox from those estrogens. Obviously we want to remove the exposure, quit using <laughs> the toxic personal care products. Don't use fragrances. Don't cook even with plastic. Keep it out of your kitchen. There are steps you can take, but sometimes patients need more help. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's one of those things. And this is why I, I really was inspired to do the podcast and do the summits and that type of thing is because people just don't know. And the best mm-hmm. example is I was, I was on the phone yesterday with my sister and one of her good friends, all of a sudden, again, the same age as us diagnosed yeah. with breast cancer. And somehow she never realized all of the toxicity of the personal care products of the chemical laden things that you shove into your, whatever they get even called. I mean, um, for the fragrances, you know, like oh, the, sure. whatever, like all of those things. And it's the fact of like, it people, accumulates. yeah. And they just don't know. Mm-hmm. And, they, and so now all of a sudden you're in a crisis situation versus trying to like, let's just prevent this in the long run. And so it's these little things that you and I did not get here overnight. And mm-hmm. I always tell people like, it is literally just doing one small step today and then building upon that tomorrow and continuing to, to get there. We will get there. It doesn't have to all happen all tonight. But the fact of the matter is share this out, get that information out there because you don't want to be that person five years down the road. That's like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Right. So how did mm-hmm. I end up with the diagnosis? And let's talk about even with the men. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of the gynecomastia now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is man boobs for those exactly, who are Exactly. Right? You guys don't know. So we see that <laughs> at the beach and people like, even I've had somebody say like, why are so many men like, well, I don't get it. We go back to like the Seinfeld episode of way back when, right? You're like the man's ear and that thing. But the fact is, it is the estrogen is everywhere. We've really got to take a peek as to what we're eating. And how about since you are in Iowa, let's can we touch on soy? I'm assuming we both oh, feel sure. the same way. On yeah, soy yeah. So soy can also. Um, so some women, when I first started practice, even and probably some naturopaths still will use soy isoflavones, certain herbs to bind to estrogen receptors to alleviate symptoms like hot flashes, whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's the best choice. So I, I think there are other alternatives. So specifically also, if we're already in this world where we're bombarded with extra estrogens, we don't need to add soy to the mix. So right. most soy is GMO. So mm-hmm. I see corn and soy, I mean, crops on my way to work every day, <laughs> going home every day. They're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Okay. Yeah. And those oils have now penetrated to most of our food sources. So when you read a label, you know, soy and corn are in a lot of mm-hmm. things. Um, so yes, I, soy also has estrogenic properties, which we used to think could be beneficial, but my opinion of that has changed in the last decade because again, we're, we don't need, we just, we don't need soy. We just don't. I'm glad. And this is always a risk and asking those questions because I didn't talk to you about it beforehand. I'm so glad we are on the same page, but I have had people on there that are going through on the podcast and all of a sudden you probably have had it too, where they're like, and everybody needs to eat tofu and soy and all. And I'm just like, time out. (laughs) No, they don't. And so I'm so glad we're on the same page with that. Cause as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, I pray to God, she's going to say what I think she is. (laughs) Let's go back to man boobs for a second though. So So a lot of, this is what I tell my patients. This is not always the case, but typically men who have man boobs, who have more fat around the midsection, Mm. they're they're They have higher estrogen, which means lower testosterone. So testosterone has to also be converted out of our bodies. It can convert to DHT. It can convert to estrogen. If it converts to estrogen, that's through an enzyme called aromatase. Fat cells secrete a lot of this enzyme called aromatase. So the fatter you are, the more your body is going to convert testosterone to estrogen, right? So yeah. So what do we do? Well, we need to detox you of the estrogens, get rid of the fat cells. So you don't have as much of that enzyme. Uh, It's a catch 22. These patients many times have such low testosterone. They even need testosterone replacement, but we can't just flood their body with testosterone. If they're going to convert it all over to estrogen, we have to block that enzyme. 
There's a supplement called DIM, which I even use in women. That is a aromatase inhibitor. It'll block that conversion. So that's a good first step for men and women who have higher estrogen, something that they can take. They can eat green leafy vegetables, but they can also take the supplement, which is kind of like consuming six pounds of them per day without the gas. It can be very effective. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit easier. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing the estrogen down and raising the testosterone because men specifically, women need it too, but men need testosterone to to feel confident, to not have anxiety, to have mood, motivation, drive, libido, energy, those, those sort of things. And I see a lot of men in middle age who have lost their edge. They just feel like they, you know, maybe they were a pastor or I'm head of a financial company or whatnot. They, they can't get up in front of everyone and conduct meetings or speak like they used to. They've just lost that edge and testosterone can bring that back. Yes, absolutely. And that muscle mass and Yes. So many other things, yes. right? Even like erectile dysfunction guys. So like yep. if your testosterone is lower, so yep. we want to look at all of this. I also just think of like, um, I don't mean this in a negative way, but more, um, emotional men, very, yes. um, we're going to see that's a, a lot of extra estrogen too. If you think of it that way, correct? Absolutely. It was, sometimes patients will come in. So the wife and the husband will both come in and the the husband's almost ashamed to admit it, but the wife says, my husband's crying at commercials or my husband, right. you know, he's crying easily. And he never used to be that way. Mm-hmm. I love seeing empathetic men. I think that's, yes, no, I mean, that's right. I was like, but the reality, like we can, but the reality is they probably have a little higher estrogen than they had had earlier in life. And mm-hmm. they've lost that testosterone edge. And we can usually work to correct that in our patients. Yeah. And just really help us live healthy, vibrant lives throughout yeah. our whole lives. By the time um, you have erectile dysfunction, you've had low testosterone and thus low blood flow to that area for a long time, but that also translates into what's impacting your heart, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have low blood flow there, you have low blood flow other places and, and your heart's a muscle, your heart needs, not just do your nether regions need testosterone, your heart needs yes. <laughs> your yes. testosterone also. Yeah. And so by the time you're having erectile dysfunction, you, you're at a greater risk of having chronic disease if you don't already have it. Yeah. All the more reason to get your hormones tested That's- and optimized. Absolutely. Let's touch a little bit on osteoporosis too. I think one of my things, and they'll hear it yeah. like, I never remember if it's been on the podcast or on the summits or where I've said this, but yeah, yeah. Um, the thing that drives me insane is when people, um, especially women that are coming in thinking they're doing this great thing for their bones by doing um, aerobics in the p- swimming pool, right? Like pool, whatever it is, pool aerobics. And I'm like, no, yeah. let's, let's just that's stop. Not, yeah. that's not <laughs> it's not doing that's anything. Not yeah. It's such a, it's such a big myth. At least we've got it around here in Michigan. I'm assuming you have it back yeah. up. There. Oh yeah. Same thing. I think first of all, building peak bone density in your twenties and thirties is really important. And that's why we need to get kids physically active. They yes. need to be moving. They need to be doing things. <laughs> so that's important. Um, as we age hormone levels decline and as hormone levels decline, bone density declines accordingly. Right. So we know those are, that's why postmenopausal women have greater risk of osteoporosis. We need hormones for our bone density. I have seen women and men actually who have been placed on steroids for respiratory infections or autoimmune diseases or whatnot, literally have osteoporosis very, very early in life because Mm -hmm. the steroids are knocking out the hormone production, which is essential for bone density. And so all the more reason if you have osteopenia or osteoporosis, get your hormones assessed because hormones play a very vital role in, in building and keeping your bone mass and bone density. Awesome. Awesome. Tell them a little bit about your book, where they can find your book and all that good information. Yeah. So my book is Your Longevity Blueprint. And in that book, I'm comparing the really our home and how we maintain our home <laughs> to how we should be maintaining our body. We know how to change the, the furnace filters in our homes, right? We keep hair out of our drains. We moral on. We do all these things without even thinking about it for our home. 
but then we don't always know what to do for our body. And mm -hmm. so throughout my book, I'm comparing uh, various aspects of our house to our body. It's chapter six, specifically, I'm comparing the heating and cooling system of the home to the endocrine system in the body. Chapter two, you would appreciate I'm comparing the framework of the home to our spine, right? And our musculoskeletal nervous systems. That is just so important. That's mm -hmm. why I advocate all my patients see a chiropractor. So Many patients are interested in functional medicine, but they don't know how to get started. And so in my book, I'm walking them through what you can do for every single organ system in your body, what testing is available, what supplements, what nutrients, you know, you need to be taking. How can you really learn to build longevity, build a, build a happier, healthier life? So my book, you can find anywhere Barnes and Noble or on, on our website or Amazon, I should say, but on our website at your longevity blueprint. Um, you can uh, find my link, my podcast there as well. Yes. And then links to my clinic, the Integrative Health and Hormone Clinic in Hiawatha, Iowa. Sounds great. And then social media handles, where are you located? Yes, yeah, so I'm on Facebook and then Instagram, Stephanie Gray, DNP. Also on YouTube, kind of, I'm just starting to put all the podcasts on there. So we're growing that and we'd love to have some followers there. Yes. <laughs> and if you want uh, three tips to boost your hormones naturally, we didn't get into a lot of that today, but if you're interested, um, there's a free download on my website, just in the middle of the page, yourlongevityblueprint.com. You can grab that. Perfect. Dr. Stephanie Gray, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me on. Did you like that episode? I absolutely love having the opportunity to interview some of the best and brightest guests and to share them with all of you. So if I may ask you a huge favor, I would love it if you went on over to Apple Podcast and gave us a review. I personally read each and every one of them as they come in and I am always inspired by your feedback. So I would be so appreciative if you did that. And here is the legalese. All content provided by Dr. Lisa Olszewski and her guests in her programs, including this podcast, her website, summits, and other platforms, is for educational and informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider before you make any changes to your health routine, especially related to this content. Ask your physician questions about medical conditions. No statement has been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products mentioned or discussed in these programs are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.